This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. And good day, everybody. Welcome to the Talking Friars podcast. The reason why I open with that is because I have none other than my favorite sports talk personality of all time on the show today. Welcome to the show, everybody. Welcome to the show, Christopher Mad Dog Russo. How do you like that introduction? And that's pretty good. Uh, Good afternoon, everybody. There you go. Nice job on your part. Good Good intro there. I'm glad I'm a longtime uh, mentor of you. That's good to hear that, and you're a big fan. Appreciate it. Go ahead. Yeah. So do you have my or your approval that I can start my show with that now from now on? Why not? Of course right. I do. Of course you have my approval. Uh, you could do that anytime you want. That's the greatest form of flattery, uh, of, flattery, of, flattery, of uh, being flattered, Ben, is the fact that somebody wants to imitate those beginnings with the end and the end is more imitated than anybody else in the world. So that is a good sign. I'm all for it. No problem whatsoever. All right. If you don't remember, I did take a picture with you at the 2019 winter meetings in San Diego on that Sunday. I would think you were probably just coming right into the hotel. Uh, So it's great to talk to you. We'll get right to it here with that opening phrase. How did that come about? Uh, Was it just natural for you? How did that come? Yeah, probably just natural. I don't remember the exact time I did it. Uh, this is going way back to the FAN days. Um, I don't know if I did it the first time we ever did a show together. Uh, I'm going to think that it was sort of a gradual deal um, and it sort of developed into something. But I, I don't know the exact day. You got to figure sometime in the early 90s. Uh, but I don't remember the exact uh, moment where all of a sudden I did the end. But, you know, it was shortly after Mike and I began. You know, right around that 90, 91, 92 period where it just kind of took a life of its own. So somewhere in that period. And I've been doing it ever since. And now I can't get out of it because I even do it on the television. I do it on the radio. I do it on Sirius. I do it all over the place. So from that standpoint, you know, it's something that is part of the signature aspect of what I've done for 40 years. So I'm I'm, I stuck with it's the wrong word, but it's part of my deal here. So here we go. So I have to do it now. So you're 62 years of age now. You're still obviously healthy, full of energy. Is there anything you do before the show that kind of gets you pumped up? Or is that's just the way that you go? You just go right. Uh, I mean, I try to. I mean, listen, you know, there are days that, uh, you know, you need uh, to find something inwardly to keep you into it. Uh, You know, I'm not going to deny that. I'm not uh, a machine. Uh, So, I mean, but I usually can work myself into the day. I usually can be in a situation where if I feel a little flat early in the day, by the time the show moves along, I'll find some rhythm and I'll get into it before before too long. Might take 20 minutes, might take a monologue, might take a guest, a couple of good calls, television, it might take a segment. But eventually, hopefully, if it, unless it's just one of those days where it just doesn't click and everybody has those kind of days, eventually in the course of the work day, I will find a way to get myself 
into it where the show will have a little flow to it. Some days better than others. Someday it doesn't take any time at all. Today I should be good right out of the gate. I haven't worked for five days. But, you know, again, there is going to be periods in the year when you're doing this 220 shows a year, whatever it is, that there's going to be days where it's not going to be perfect. And you got to try to make the best out of you got to try to make the best of those kind of days because not every show is going to be a great show. So you try to make the best of those kind of days. Right. All right. From so that standpoint. Stephen A now on first take, that's like a dream pairing for me. And I'm sure a lot of other people, do you think you're beating him so far? Well, it's only been one. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, I mean, I'm not sure exactly, you know, beating him. I only did that one show on February 16th. Uh, you know, uh, that is going to be a big, you know, debate, debate show. I don't think you can debate every topic because there are going to be things that him and I agree with. So you sort of got to pick your spots. I, after you do it too much, it becomes a little crazy. Uh, but, uh, you know, I will go do my best here to fight him as much as I can. Sort of a Mike and a Mad Dog show on TV, in, in essence. So uh, I will try to do my best to go out there and combat him. And he is very good at making sure that there's no hard feelings one way or the other. You know, to him, it's theater, it's television, it's fun. And when the two hours are up, the two hours are up and go to the next week. And I kind of feel the same way. So, you know, I'm not sure if it's looking. I think a lot of the fans are going to be looking at it from that standpoint. I won't necessarily. uh, I will not try to be a bully or anything. So and it is his show. So I got to fit in. So we shall see. But I'm looking forward to it. Through all the ups and downs, now we'll get to the Padres here. Through all the ups and downs of, you know, Preller's tenure as the Padres GM, except when he hired Tingler, but that's another thing. I believe that he can lead the Padres to a World Series. Do you still hold that opinion? Uh, I think the Padres, uh, you know, their pitching is still a little dubious. Uh, There's always going to be expectation levels on them because of all the money that they've spent on the left side of the infield. I think Melvin, they had no choice. They had to bring in a guy in there with some experience. They tried Andy Green. They tried Tingler. That both didn't work. They had to try a little something different. Melvin knows how to run a clubhouse. A little bit like what the Mets did with Showalter. You know, the same kind of deal. Um, you know, so I think that, uh, you know, they got the right guy who's won, who's had success, who knows his way around 162-game season. Uh, you know, a lot of ups and downs in that kind of year. I think Melvin will do a good job there. So I think they made the right hire. Uh, that's a tough division. Dodgers aren't going anywhere. They're going to be good every year. So from that standpoint, they're going to have to realize that, uh, you know, they're not going to be able to, you know, uh, take a, the Dodgers aren't going to take any years off. So, I mean, the idea that they're going to have a year where the Dodgers are bad and the Giants are bad, they, not the case. So they're going to have to win 95 games and northward every year to compete with L.A. because L.A. and their sleep should win 95 with all the resources that they have at their disposal. Uh, but if they're in that situation, and um, I think last year they were a trendy team, a lot of pressure on them, a lot of expectations, hadn't had a lot of success. I think the next time they are in that situation, they'd be better off. So I think the worst is over, and I think next year and when we ever play again, I think that they'd be much improved. So I think this is going to be a decent ball club. And if, and if there's extra playoff teams and all that, I think they'd be okay. All right. Where does Fernando Tatis Jr. rank for you among the best players in Major League Baseball right now? Uh, you know, I mean, listen, he's dynamic. He's fun to watch. And he's, uh, you know, he's very, very good from that standpoint. And I, I think that you will see him, you know, he's going to be in the discussion of being a, 
big time player on a year in year out basis. He hits the ball out of the ballpark. He plays shortstop. You know, even in so so years, he's been very good. Uh, Got to stay healthy. Uh, but Tatis, no matter how you cut it, is a top five, top ten player on a year in year out basis. No matter how you cut it, he's in that discussion. His youth, his power, his speed, his position. He's that. But you know, he hasn't done it in big postseason games yet. But he's on that level. So you know, he's a hell of a player. I would have done the same thing, sign him to a long-term contract and keep my fingers crossed he stays healthy. But he's a big-time player, Ben. Big-time player. All right. If you were the, if you were A.J. Preller and you had one player that you wanted to sign this offseason, you know, before the season starts, who would that be? They need pitching. Uh, you know, probably Scherzer would be that guy. I, I don't love their starting pitching. You know, um, Scherzer's with you know, the Mets. Garbage, what now? Scherzer's with the Mets, though. Yeah, I know. If you had the one guy before the offseason began, I would have said Scherzer. From now, now on, that he's with from the now Mets. on, though, who would that be? Yeah, I have to think. They need pitching. You got to tell me, I, I, I'm not thinking about the free agent's availability. What free agent pitcher right now could they get? I know a lot of them signed. Scherzer signed. Stroman signed. I know a lot of these guys signed their contracts with certain ball clubs. They need pitching. I mean, Rodon is one of the bigger ones. Yeah, I would. I, he's not going to make a big difference one way or the other. They need a big starting pitcher. You know, uh, and they're not going to sign Kirsch. Even with Snell, Darvish, Musgrove. Yeah, Snell, Snell and Darvish are not good enough to win a championship. Okay. Darvish is always hurt. Snell's had, you know, Snell's done anything in the last two years. They need a big, they need some big pitching on this. Now, maybe Clevenger down the road will come back. You know, they can maybe get him healthy and he can, and he's pretty good pitcher. Uh, but they don't have the dominating starting pitching that you need to be, you know, you know, listen, the Dodgers need a pitcher now too. Don't go, don't get me wrong, but they have the Dodgers, the Padres don't have Bueller. You know, the Dodgers even don't have a Reese. They don't have a guy like that. Or a Logan Webb. You know, Webb's better than anybody they have. Darvish has not proven on a day in day out basis through his career that he is a guy that's going to lead your team to a championship. Snell, the same thing. They need starting pitching. I have to look at the free agents out there right now from a starting pitching perspective who's available. Uh, I guess, I, you know, with, with the lockout and having three months off and sort of having these free agents split, I haven't thought about it too carefully once we get an agreement, and who knows when that's going to be. Once we get an agreement, we can, I'll pay attention to it again. But the Padres need starting pitching. And without the starting pitching, the big starting pitching, they're not winning a champion. I mean – Listen, anybody can win a championship, but I don't like them winning a championship, to be honest with you. Playoff team, but a championship's different. Need, need pitching. Need starting pitching. Yeah. Um, okay. So I had, like I mentioned via text, I had on Bruce Shine, your former High Heat producer. He right. was great. Uh, Good guy. He said to me, you know, as a Yankee, I was a big, he was a big Yankees fan. So I asked him if, like ESPN, because on their list, they said that Tony Gwynn was not as good as Derek Jeter was. And there was a big gap in their top 100 list. And Bruce Shine agreed with me and said that Tony was a better player than Jeter was. Do you hold that same? Yeah, I think I think if you ask me, uh, right field, Gwynn, shortstop, Jeter, I'll take Gwynn. Uh, you know, Gwynn was be 44 on the list and Jeter was in the 20s. I mean, how is Jeter ahead of Pujols? I think the bigger issue is not Gwynn. I think the bigger issue is a guy like Pujols who is below Jeter. How could a guy like Pujols be below Jeter? I mean, that's ridiculous. I mean, Ted Williams was six and DiMaggio was, was 15. DiMaggio overall was a better player than Ted Williams. Not a better hitter, but a p- better, better hitter. 
You know, it's things like that. You know, Bond should not be in the top 10 with steroids. I mean, it's things like that. I mean, listen, when you do these lists, these 100 lists, you don't put pitchers in there either. Pitchers should be separated from the hitters with these, from everyday players. Pitchers should have their own category and the hitters should have their own category and they should not be mixed in together at the same time. So, I mean, there's always these questions with these lists. They're trying to get a little juice going, get people to their websites, you know, all those. But, but I mean, I could argue anything. I mean, again, Jeter should not. I think Jeter was in the 20s and Pujols was 30. How is that possible? Right. I mean, I mean, actually, yeah, Pujols is maybe the best right-hand hitter of all time or thereabouts. You know, Jeter was a hell of a player. It's not Albert Pujols. So there's – and Gwyn was better than Jeter. So I agree with Shine. And I agree with you, if you being a big Padre fan, Gwyn is better than Jeter. But again, you can make any of these lists. They're all, uh, you know, it's all subjective. You, you take your shot at it and you throw it out there and you see who disagrees and agrees. But the three things that I would start with, no steroid guys are on any list. That's number one. I'm putting pitchers in a separate category, number two. Um, you know, and I'm certainly not going to sit there and put a guy like Williams ahead of DiMaggio. When DiMaggio played – was nine and one in world. I let's see, what was he in the postseason? Is he before? Uh, whatever he was, did he win nine championships? I got to think about that. But I think he was nine and one yeah. in uh, in World Series. He won in fifty one. He won in fifty. He won in forty nine. He won in forty seven, uh, and then he won in um, thirty six, thirty seven, thirty eight, thirty nine. He won eight. He was eight and, and forty one. Nine and one in World Series. How the hell could you put? Williams ahead of him when a guy was not a one in the World Series. So those kinds of things, those lists can go. You go one ear and out the other. It's good talk radio for a day or so. Don't pay too much attention to it. Right. So just to read off some things here, with for any like Yankee fan that wants to say that Jeter is better than Gwynn, I looked up their stats compared to one another. Jeter had, or excuse me, Gwynn had a higher batting average, higher OPS, more all-star selections, two more silver sluggers, eight more batting titles. Jeter had none, by the way. So Jeter and Jeter's not considered one of, if not the top, like two or three best hitters of all time, like Tony is. Uh, so, yeah, I think with that argument, there's going to be Yankee fans, right, that are going to be Gwen, such a Gwen, homer. But. Gwen, Gwen, Gwen is not the top three hitters of all time. I mean, he's not better than Ty Cobb. He's not better than Ted Williams. He's not better than Stan Musial. He's not better than Babe Ruth. He's not better than Lou Gehrig. He's not the best hitters of all time because he he just you got to look at power. You got to look at RBIs. You got to look at other things besides just that. With the RBIs, with the RBIs first though, his teammates were not the same as some of those other guys. Babe Ruth knocked out Ben. Babe Ruth knocked in 177 runs. I understand that. Lou Gehrig knocked in 185, 184 RBIs. I just understand that. Uh, DiMaggio hit 325 with 446 home runs. I'm sorry, with 368 home runs. He's not – listen, Gwynn's a great hitter. He's not on – those are immortals. He's not Mickey Mantle. And he, he didn't hit 535 home runs and, you know, have win a triple crown one year. And hit three, he's, he's not on that also. level. He's, he's, he's batting average-wise, batting average-wise, and he's a great singles hitter. He's not these kind of immortal offensive players that you are referring to. These are I, understand. I get what you're coming from with that, but you also got to remember early in his career, he was skinny. His job was not to hit home runs like it was in 98, you know, when he hit that home run in the World Series. So they, he had different approaches throughout his career. It wasn't like Babe Ruth where the whole time essentially was, you know, power. That's just who he, that's how he was. Tony, that's not 
who he was his whole Babe Ruth also life. hit 377. No, I, I got you. I know, baby. Nah, I mean, Mantle hit three. Mantle hit three sixty-five and won a triple crown. Listen, yeah. I saw somebody. He's not on that level. He's not as good as Henry Aaron. Not better hitter than him. So I mean, so it, I, listen, I love Gwyn. I love Gwyn. But you are when you are talking about offensive players, you have to you have to bring in a whole package, hitting balls out of the ballpark, knocking in runs, being a big presence in the lineup and a huge power hitter. He he is not on the power doesn't is not there, you know he what was the most home runs he ever hit in a year? Did he hit? I don't think he hit thirty. Did he ever hit twenty five home I mean, runs? I yeah, I think he hit over twenty once. I mean, you know, Babe Ruth hit sixty home runs. Right. I say so I, I with two hundred walks. I mm-hmm. uh, so you you can't cop it. You know you know cop it. He had nineteen hundred career RBIs, nineteen hundred, and his at three sixty six lifetime. And uh, I mean, you, you can't put him on that level. Is he better than Jeter? Yes. Yes. All right. Fair. Fair. Okay. So on Radio Row, the week of this year's Super Bowl, you were on Darren Smith's show, Extra 1360. And right. you, like you say, bad job. This was a bad job out of you, in my opinion. You said that the Padres should be patient with Eric Hosmer. So here, just let me name off some things first. Okay. Are you kidding? First off. With this point, you can bring up the championships Hosmer won or the championship Hosmer won in Kansas City. But that was seven years ago. He was 25 years old. Those are not the circumstances right now. In Hosmer's fourth season with with the Padres, he had a Mm -hmm. combined negative four war right now. He has four gold gloves with Kansas City, none with the Padres. His defensive war with the Padres is negative 3.6. Yeah, I don't pay attention to I don't pay attention to war, but go ahead. Ben okay. Zobris led the, Ben Zobris one year had the best war of any player in the league in sport okay. in the sport. And Ben okay. Zobris is not a big player. Listen, right. you want to trade Hosmer? Is that what you want to do? Yes. Even okay, so hang on. Even without the war, he's made a base salary of eighty million dollars over his first year, four years with the Padres. Mm-hmm. And according to Fangraphs, he's worth four and a half million dollars of that. So that's seventy-five and a half that just up that Hosmer got that he didn't play up to that level. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, if you're telling me that the Padres made a bad signing with Hosmer, you might be right. I'd have to look at Hosmer's career statistics with San Diego. Wait, what do you do? Forget the pandemic year. What did he do last year? What was his batting average? Last, okay. Last year. In he, 2021. 15 home runs last year. Okay. How many are His bet. Let me look that up. Give me his overall. Let me let me let me hear his overall numbers last year. So in 2021, remember he did have a little bit of injuries. He did, you know, get benched a little bit during that time uh, because obviously Jake with the injury, and then Jake Cronenworth stepped in, played really well. But let me look up his 21 stats. Again, his WAR was like zero. To get WAR. Yeah, war is subject. Anybody can. I, I don't pay. That's a young. I don't pay attention to war. Okay, go ahead. One hundred fifty-one games, so he did stay healthy. Okay, he had sixty-five RBIs. All right, uh, what was his batting average? Not great compared to two thousand nineteen when he had ninety-nine RBIs in two thousand. Uh, so he had a good year in nineteen. He had a good. Yeah. What did he do in eighteen? What did he do in eighteen? In eighteen, he had sixty-nine RBIs. So up and down. In eighteen, he had two fifty-three. In nineteen, he had two sixty-five. 287 in a two-month season where he also got hurt. 
And then in 2021, he had 269. Yeah, I mean, he's been a disappointment. You're right. He's been a disappointment. Now, uh, you know, you're not going to be able to trade him uh, without be, without eating a lot of that contract. No, How many years nice. does he have? Was he got nice. Two more years? How many he more years in a contract? I believe it's four. Four more years because he's halfway. He signed through. a seven. He signed a seven-year deal. What was his? When was his first year with the Padres? Eighteen. Eighteen. Okay, so I think he's got three, three to more, go. So it's twenty million this year, and then thirteen million dollars each year the rest of the contract. And I was. So he's got about fifty. Minimal. He's got about fifty million dollars coming to him. Yes, I, I believe. Uh, it's, yeah, um, I was being nice to him on the home runs last year too. He hit twelve home runs last year. Yeah, it's a bad year. You're right. So, now, listen, yeah. everybody on the Padres this year wasn't great. I mean, the team was terrible. I except mean, you got to remember. Except Tatis, who had 42 home runs. Jake Cronenworth was an all-star. Machado was an no, all-star. No, I remember, Tatis also got into a fight with Machado in a dugout. Yeah. Got into yeah. a fight. Your best player got into a fight. All right? And so, I mean, you know, hitting a lot of home runs when your team loses, I'm not interested in. Yeah, that, that was the most disappointing team in the sport, and he was, a, and he was on the team. So, I mean, him and I, I can't pay attention to statistics on a ball club that was the biggest underachieving team in the sport, didn't finish, in, didn't finish 500, was awful in the month of September, and got the manager fired. So I don't really care what Tatis did because when it mattered, his team did nothing, and he has to take some responsibility for that. Yeah. Plus, he's hurt a lot. Plus, he's hurt a lot with that shoulder of his. Yeah. How many games did, what did he miss, 30, 40 games? Yeah, yeah, he had three shoulder subluxations. Listen, he's a hell of a player, and you're right about Hosmer. You want to trade Hosmer? You can trade Hosmer. I don't know where you're going to get for him. You want because he's not a power hitting first baseman, and you're going to eat 50, 60 million of it because nobody's going to take the contract. So if you want to trade him and give the team you trade him to 50 million and just let him go, you could do that. Why would a, why would Ron Fowler do that? So we're going to trade him. Peter Seidler's the head guy now, but yeah. But by you, whoever, Fowler's important because he's working with the committee here yeah. for the labor scenario. You want to go give him $50 million to walk? You can do that. Go ahead. And they'd have, by the way, they'd have Jake Cronworth, an all-star, who could slide in at first base. And they have Hassan Kim, who looks stronger. He had a bad offensive year last year, but he does look stronger from the photos and stuff I've seen. And he's great defensively. Great defense. Man, how did you become a huge Padre fan? Let me get that. 22-year-old kid. Why the Padre? I'm 19. I'm 19. I grew up in San Diego my whole life. Family has seen okay. tickets. Uh, All right, so you're into it. You're from San Diego. I didn't realize you're from San Diego. That, that, yeah. That's a big factor. Um, yeah. I thought you were a New Yorker there with the Padres. Listen, you want to trade Hosmer? It's not going to cure your problem. You have no pitching. Your pitching stinks. You have, And I didn't understand letting Melanson go either. I, you know I, was, had, yeah, I was not a fan of that. Uh, he he, he had a million dollars to the Diamondbacks. That's, I mean, that's crazy. He had a good year for you. But if you want to trade Hosmer to make you feel good and put Cornworth at first base and, and, and then have your who's your third starter right now? Uh, I'd go Musgrove. I'd go Darvish, Snell, Musgrove, Clevenger. And then well, you can't count on Clevenger. He's coming off Tommy John. Can't count on him. So give me your starting rotation. Okay, so if it's not Clevenger, then Darvish. Well, you got to hope. You can't. You can't say he's going to be a. We got to see him. He hasn't pitched in you know almost two years. Okay, it's going to take a little I've seen time. Videos of him pitching, and he's totally the whole windup. Everything's bad. But Darvish, Snell, uh, Musgrove, Paddock. You can go Weathers if Gore can find something mechanically because that's a championship. Totally that's a championship pitching staff. Well, no, no, no. I'm not saying it is right now, but. 
what Snell produced at the end of last year before he got hurt, what he was doing with the Rays the year before, and Kevin Cash should have left them in in the World Series, and they would have won that game. So uh, Hunter, it was one, one a, bang, bang, bang. It was one nothing bottom of the sixth when he took him out. Uh, winning yes, the game, he, that's a little strong. He had shut down that's a little strong. three times in that, in that game. That's a little strong. That was a great uh, – I mean, uh, that was a terrible decision. I agree with you on that. But you just can't arbitrarily say, well, they would have won the game. It was one nothing, and it wasn't six nothing. It was one nothing in the bottom of the sixth inning. That's a little strong against that team. That was a hell of a team. That's a little strong. Now, it was a mistake, and, and Snell was awful, awful for the Rays that year. Awful. And they traded him, and they still were great. They won 100 games. So, uh, and he's a five inning pitcher. And he has, uh, since his uh, young year, he hasn't done anything. Hand the name. So you think you got a championship staff there? You don't have a championship staff there. There's going to, they need, they will need to add, but their priority should be power hitting outfield bat DH bat right now. That's what their, that's what their priority should be. Because their outfield right now is Will Myers in right field, Jerks and Profar in left field, and Trent Grisham in center. There's not a lot of power there. They I agree. Need power in the outfield. They need Nelson Cruz, someone like that in the DH spot. Cause Eric Hosmer is not going to cut it in the DH spot. If that's where they want to put it. I agree. Yeah. They, they, they probably need another bat, but they need pitching. You're not winning with that staff under any circumstances. Darvish is always hurt and he has never been a good postseason pitcher. And Snell is a five inning pitcher at best. And you don't have a third, fourth, fifth starter. Well, you're going to pitch eight. You're going to pitch paddock in a big game. No, that's not going to work. Yeah. You're going to pay. You're going to pitch. Weathers in a big game with your season in line? No, no. And who's your closer? Right now, probably I'd go Luis Garcia from the Cardinals, who threw 97 to 100. But depth chart-wise, it's probably Drew Pomerantz. But, again, he can't really stay healthy. So it's, it's a lot. It's a, health, it's a health issue. It's health questions. Pitching, so, pitching, and more pitching, pitching, and more pitching. Yeah. That's what you need. All right. This has been fun. By the way, before we end the whole be patient thing again with Hosmer, it's not the time to be patient. It's been four years. Bruce Shine was telling me, I was asking him about it as well. He was telling me, what time is it to be patient? It's not time to be patient. Yeah, it's you could change. Tra- listen, fair. Uh, if if you're willing. To be in now, it's not your 50. No, no, it's Ben. It's not your 50 million. Okay. If you want to, if you want to swallow up 50 million and trade them, because you're not getting, you're not getting. And nobody's going to have to help you with the contract. Right. Nobody's going to take that contract. So you as the owner, you got to eat $50 million, trade them. You're not going to – you'd rather not change the National League team and come back and buy – especially in the division. Trade them. Some team will take a run at them. I got to look at is, – is he – by the way, is he 10-5? Uh, does he been in the league After for 10 years? Season. So it's this is the time to trade him because then he's not going to accept the trade because the Potters are going to yeah. be a contender. Does he have a no-trade clause in his contract? After this year, not now. No, I mean, that's his rights. But when he signed his contract, he didn't have a no-trade clause that he couldn't be traded to certain teams. All right, then trade him. That's not going to solve you. You're not going to win a championship because you trade Eric Hosmer, Ben. You got to have a bigger – you got to look at bigger pictures than that. That's not going to win. You got to go out there. You're going to get some starting pitching. Uh, Eric Hosmer has not caused you championships. Last year, you won 79 games. He came up extremely small in the NLDS in 2020. Oh, nobody cares about it. And you weren't beating the you Dodgers mean? anyway. It was the first time ben, they made the playoffs ben, in 14 ben, years. Ben, you were not as good as the Dodgers. Cares. You were not beating the Dodgers. 
I no, get not that. nearly as good. But they just lost Corey Seager. They lost Max Scherzer. There's no guarantee that Kershaw comes back. This is the time to pounce and get better and and smaller the gap. Make the gap smaller. The Giants and you think Eric Co- and you think trading and you think and game. you think unloading Eric Cosmer is going to stop that? That gives them some room. They're not eating fifty million. Some yes, they are. Gonna, yes, they are. Nobody's giving you. Nobody is giving you. They're not. Nobody's picking up any contract for Eric Cosmer. That's not happening. Couple of million, maybe you're going to eat everything. That's what I'm saying. They're going to take up some of it, so that's going to give them more money to spend on someone else. Someone who didn't go. Hey, whatever you say, Ben. If that's who, what you say, go someone ahead. Someone who didn't hit 148 in the NLDS against the Dodgers. That's three games. You got three that. games. I what do you do it. against the Cardinals? What do you do against the Cardinals before that in the three games? I don't have that here, but against let's okay. see. He hit against the Cardinals. Okay, but even in with Kansas City in his best years in 2014 and 2015 combined in the postseason, he had three home runs. He won the Oakland game by himself in the okay, wild card in two thousand argument. You were twelve. You were twelve. He won the game by himself, Ben. He had a triple out the left center field, leading off the ninth inning. Hosmer is a winning player. Hasn't played well for the Padres. That's if you want to spend hours upon hours upon hours telling people, let's ditch Eric Hosmer, that's not going to solve your problem. They can do that, put Cronworth at first base, and then see they need pitching. And I'll tell you what else they need. They need Tatis not to fight with his teammates in dugouts in September. I Be a leader. I- Be a leader. You can see Hosmer do that. This is a guy who embarrassed his franchise and had a fight with Manny Machado when they were falling apart in September in a pennant race. That's not championship baseball. That's what you should be more concerned about. I'm not concerned. You got a 22-year-old guy who is fighting with the third baseman. Okay. A week or days later, they literally talked in front of the media. Together. When the season was over. When the season was over. How did Tatis it do in September? It was over when they had the fight. When was, when, how, how was Tatis's numbers in September? You do anything? Look him up. I mean, he placed top three in the MVP. That's what I know. And you know, he, he wasn't even as good as Brendan Crawford. What did he do in September when they collapsed and won about five ball games? Yes, but it wasn't all on Fernando. Let's not act like it was all on. He's Fernando. making thirty. He's making thirty Fernando million a year. Was giving up three home runs in one inning to the Dodgers. Well, what, what was his numbers? I'm looking him up right now. I can't believe I'm getting into a fight with the San Diego, the San Diego Padres. Oh my God. Go ahead. Well, I know your Giants love is, isn't that? Well, much. I, you know, I forget that it's not about the Giants. This is about the Padres. Gotcha. All right, months. September, September and October is what baseball reference is giving me. 28 games. He had five home runs. He had 282. Uh, let's see, a 485 slugging percentage. How many RBIs? 12, 12 walks, 15 RBIs. No, which 28 more, games, which 28 had, games, which was more than he had in August, by the way. Yeah, listen, uh, I love Tatis. I hate to get on him. Tatis got something to prove. That September thing was horrendous. That was yep. bad. And you can't fight with Machado. Can't do it. That's where Melvin will come in. Anyway, we'll trade Hosmer and we'll see. All we'll right. Trade him. All right. I know you got to go. Thank you so much for the time, Mad Dog. This was fun. And this. 
This was really fun. We'll do it again sometime. Thank you so much. Have a good one. Ben, great job on your part. Go Padres. I appreciate good passion with it. You're into the Padres. Good passion for you. Good job.